I try to set that tone basically out of the gate on a dating app. And you know really quickly if people are willing to play ball with you. Like if you say something kind of like, I don't know, out of pocket and they're like, how's your weekend? <laughs> like, okay, bye. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, bye. And again, Report. like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hello. We're back. Welcome back to episode two of Keep Him Guessing. I have some sins that I would like to repent. (laughs) Okay. Number one sin is I'm so sorry about the absolute fuckery of the yellow lighting in our first episode. I'm not sorry about it. (laughs) There are very cool tone lights in here that I hate for normal living, but are actually perfect for videography. So we've now switched them on and I'm really hoping this is going to be a better lighting situation. So thank you for bearing with us on episode one. That that felt very rustic and raw dog of us to just not really give a shit about that. But here we are. The second sin that I would like to repent is that it looks like we're wearing no pants for almost that whole episode. We are both wearing short shorts. Um, That was shot at the beginning of October in Toronto when we had a weird blast of summer. No one cares if we're wearing pants. No, it literally looks like we're not wearing pants for for like 80% of it. So this is the no no pants podcast. (laughs) But we We are wearing pants today. We're definitely And we turned on the lights. And we've we've got some Sherpa. I don't know. Like it's fall here now. So hopefully the pants will not be a problem going forward. Those are my two sins. I am perfect, so nothing to repent here. (laughs) Perfect. So, um, episode two. What's our topic? What do we want a partner for? Damn. A sexual and romantic partner. (laughs) Chelsea, right before we started recording, Chelsea was like, I'm meanest to the people who I feel safest with staring right at me because she's mean to me and i was like listen i'm not proud of this this is not good behavior i this is this does not make up or is an excuse for me treating you like this and i'm really sorry sorry i was a little mean earlier i can handle it i am sorry okay what do we want to partner for our most recent relationships are what really informed this um so i'll speak a little bit about mine and then maybe you can speak a little bit about yours and then we'll talk about present and future after that deal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. deal Okay. I ate an apple before this and I feel like it's kind of sitting in my throat. She just shoved the whole apple in her mouth. (laughs) It was a honey crisp. It was honey crisp season. (laughs) Help. We digress. (laughs) Your last relationship. Okay. My last relationship was two years (laughs) during COVID in like September of 2020. And we did like the expedited quarantine thing basically where we met and like three weeks later we were like essentially living together and officially living together like three months after that. And then at that point we also decided that we were going to within the next year move across the country to Vancouver and all these plans were being set in motion very early on in the relationship. The reason why <laughs> that happened is because we were both pretty convinced like early on we were like, yeah, I want to get married and have kids. And we both dated a decent amount and like I don't want to just like have another like fun relationship I'm either here for the real deal or not so let's figure that out sooner rather than later I'm down to fail fast so let's like try living together try moving together like travel together like do all the things that people typically when they were younger would have stretched out and just like do it all right away and let's just like stress test the relationship quickly what initially (laughs) like attracted you to him specifically though like why fail fast with him over a random other person you met i was doing what i thought that i needed to do based on my peers 
so all of my friends were living very tra- traditional trajectories in terms of finding a partner, getting a house, getting a dog, getting engaged, getting married, having babies. Um, yeah, I was definitely feeling the squeeze being a single person during that time. And I was like, where is the prefabricated husband? Like I wanted someone that was just like ramped up and ready to go. So like this guy that I found was like, you know, he had a good job. He had a good family. He had a good career. He just like had his shit together, that classic line. But he like all to the nth degree in every vertical, he was just like ramped up and ready to go. And I was like, perfect. I can just take you off the shelf and make you my husband. You're not a fixer upper. I'd also done my fair share of fixer uppers in my 20s. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. We don't have time to dick around here. <laughs> We're trying to get married. We got to play catch up. very fast. Throughout the course of our relationship, like what I relatively quickly realized is that he made a ton of sense on paper and you know we were very captivated by each other at the beginning because he was charming and I was I don't know hopefully fun and charming back for him and like we just we fell in love like in a very whimsical way once some of the dust settled like around like the six month nine month like the classic honeymoon phase sort of coming to an end uh, we just started to realize how different we were not even in really I don't know, troubling ways, but it was like, we just kind of had different senses of humor. We had different interests. We liked spending our time differently. And it's not that one of us was right or wrong. It was just like very different. Ultimately, the reason why we ended up breaking up, we felt that in order for both of us to be living our best lives, we each had to compromise too much. And although we really liked each other and respected each other, and we totally could have probably gone on to have a very happy life together, I don't think it's really fair to either of us to have to be compromising this much in order to make this relationship work. So as sad and hard as this is, let's set each other free. Yeah, move on. I'm always like perplexed when people are like, relationships and marriage are compromised. It's like in a compromise, neither party is happy. Mm -hmm. So like, why don't you not do that? Yeah, you can compromise what you have for dinner. But you're not trying to compromise on like right. how you live your life and like the way more macro sense of that. Yeah, like I'm not, I can't compromise my sense of humor. Like what? Yeah. That doesn't, how? It's just extremely unsustainable. Yeah. And I don't know. I think everybody knows people that are signing themselves up for that program and like God fucking speed. But that is not for me. It's pretty sweet that you moved across the country. <laughs> four, six months. And then you were like, no, nine or whatever, nine. And then you were like, no, most people I think would like stick it out even just for the optics of being like, we, we were together for four years and I lived in Vancouver for two years and it just, it fizzled. And you were like, no, like, I don't care how I didn't even live here for a year. I'm leaving. Oh my God. Believe me. Like I, that crossed my mind a lot. I had definitely total whiplash. It was expensive. It was very annoying to explain to friends and family. I was the one that initiated it, but it was very much mutual once we got into it. And I said to him, like, what were you thinking? And he was like, I don't know. Like, I was just kind of pushing it off and I was going to like reevaluate at Christmas. (laughs) I was like, wow, to be a man and just float thoughts away like that. Good for you. (laughs) Let's hear about your past. Mine is actually pretty simple. We were together six years, lived together for four. We were long distance for a bit. We lived in two cities together in the US. Then he moved to Canada. For me, he's American. We lived at my parents here for a bit and then we moved into our own place. Like we've, we really tried our Mm -hmm. darndest. But the reason why I dated him, like truly, like it comes down to this. I had never had a boyfriend who just wanted 
who just loved me so much and was so like, I'm in love with you. I know you so well. We were friends for two years before we dated. He knew me exactly the way I was. Weird, no makeup, whatever. Just like stupid shit, mm-hmm. breaking down over my boyfriend before him who he knew, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and yet was still so in love with me. So I didn't even take a second to check in with myself to be like, do I like this person? Because I was like, wait, a man who's tall, six foot five man. I would like to also note that my ex was six five. This is something that we have in common. A six foot five man who's good at sports, um, (laughs) likes me for me, sign me up. I'm not thinking twice. And then when he meets all my friends and he's such a nice guy and he is, he's really, truly such a kind heart. Those aren't the reasons why you stay with someone for 60 years, which is now what long-term relationships are. That's it for me. That's why I chose him. He was in love with me and he was really nice to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is what I have to do. Everyone tells me I have to do this. So then ultimately, what was the end of the relationship? It was so tough because again, too, he moved countries to try to make it work. And all my friends married. We had like a million weddings when we moved here babies it felt like everyone was doing the opposite of what my gut was telling me to do I was like wait everyone else just sticks it out maybe I'm the problem maybe I'm selfish maybe my standards are too high maybe I'm maybe this is just what marriage is this is just what a relationship is good enough good enough I always quantify it with percentages this is what I always say is I'm like okay I have the high level belief that every kind of relationship requires some degree of compromise there's no way that two people are ever going to be 100% compatible and the reason why I know that is because I'm not 100% compatible with myself Like there are parts of me all the time where I'm like, dude, it's so annoying that I have this side of me. So I'm like, there's no way I could ever have that in another person. What percentage of compatibility or compromise or however you want to call it, like, do I want to assign to this? So like if I said about my ex, I would say that him and I were like 80% a good match. Which is high. Which I know a lot of people that I think from outside of a relationship, which again already is like useless, but whatever, take it as it is that I think people's relationships are way less than 80%, they are definitely going to like get married and keep kicking the can down the road for who knows how long. I just don't think for me, like maybe it has something to do with like your level of agreeableness or whatever, like different personality traits play into this. But for me, 80% for choosing my partner, which I think is one of the most important decisions that you will ever make in your life, 80% doesn't feel like enough for me. I wonder too, if it like, if it goes to other parts of life too, like with almost everything we do now, our decisions this year, we've, we've been rejecting the 80% and trying to find something that's as close to 100% as possible. Mm-hmm. Why not? Looking back, obviously, on my decision now, it's easy to say this, but I think that's what my gut was telling me. My gut was like, you want to do 60 more years of just this? Like, no, there's there must be more. And if there isn't, that risk is worth it to lose this good enough thing that isn't that great. Annoying this term, but like scarcity mindset. It's just like, what if I don't find something better? Mm -hmm. And like, what if there isn't something better? To me, that is just like so the wrong way of looking at it. Totally. Of course, when it comes to the context specifically about romantic relationships, like you seriously have to ask yourself the question, am I willing to be alone if I don't find somebody that meets the standards that I'm looking for. I really think you have to get comfortable with that idea. And then only then are you going to be in a position where you can properly evaluate someone. She's driving me insane right now. 
<laughs> She's breathing into the mic. <laughs> Panini. Our sound guy is causing a ruckus yet again. I know. And people say this all the time, like the fear of being alone. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more the fear of not finding your 100% mm-hmm. and letting go of the 80% and then everyone else from then on is 60 or 70. Yeah. Because the pool does shrink as you age. Yes, technically the pool is shrinking. But I would make the argument quality over quantity. And I think that like the ones that are still holding out, i.e. two, <laughs> two little hot ones sitting right here, like are are very high quality and the ones that are not settling and the ones that like didn't just get into something comfortable and then keep sticking with it. I love that you're a relationship optimist because most people aren't. Again, this is like maybe really narcissistic logic, but I'm like, if I'm here and I'm single, then there have to be other people like me in this position. Look, I just found another one. All right. I'm collecting evidence. A sample size of two. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember if it applies to you and your ex, but with me and mine, I only valued him at the end to like bring him around <laughs> to events and like to, to be with my family or to see my friends or to walk around. But when I was sitting alone with him mm-hmm. in my apartment, I was like, something's missing. I don't feel anything when I'm just with you one-on-one and that's what really matters. I agree. Like at the end of the day, the person that you choose to be in a relationship with is just the person that you're going to sit across from at dinner for the rest of your life. It's a presence. It's an energy. It's, it's like so beyond a fucking checklist. Do we talk about vanilla pudding? Yeah. (laughs) Warm vanilla pudding. Allie introduced me to a term that she made called vanilla pudding, but she put a term to something that I knew about, but I'd never had a name for before. (laughs) The best way I can describe it is comparing it to what it's not but a warm vanilla pudding feeling is that feeling in your gut that's like a mellow safe warmth a place of like calm and peace it's like a mellow happiness but it's not it's not a rush it's not a high it's not giddy it's not giddiness it's just like oh this is this is a good feeling and this is a safe place to make a decision. I feel at peace with my decision or what I'm doing. So like, I'll yeah. give you an example, taking a hot bath when my dog's really tired and I'm just like cuddling her and it's nice. Mm-hmm. What it's not is like going on a crazy fun first date or like getting the butterflies with like a new guy who hasn't texted me back in two hours. Like that's like a sugar rush feeling. Mm-hmm. That's like a, decadent chocolate cake feeling a bag of skittles yeah exactly (laughs) so it can show up in an experience yes but it can also show up in a feeling like a literal gut feeling it's not in your head you're in your body it's gut it's visceral i did have an experience recently (laughs) Mm -hmm. right from the very first day that we met it obviously was exciting and there was lots of giddiness and all that stuff that comes along with meeting someone and like after a good first date and those types of things But it was also very calm and very mellow at the same time. And also, I just want to make sure people understand, this person wasn't the traditional (laughs) situation. situation. Like, I don't know, he had a different path in life than what you probably thought a prefabricated husband would show up as. Exactly. And I can also, like, I know this is a tangent, but we're on a podcast, man. This is what long format's for. I was trying this thing where I called it dating the fringe. And basically, when I was on dating apps, 
or even like out in the world, but most of the people that I met were through dating apps where I was giving people a chance that I historically would not have given them a chance. AKA like I didn't view them as prefabricated, ready to go. So like if anyone was ever not from Toronto, if anyone like didn't have a very obvious good job, if anybody looked like they had any kind of like disruption going on in their life, I was like, I'm going to steer clear. I'm looking for somebody that like doesn't need any tidying up. When I was said I was dating the fringe, the way that I always get myself to try new things is I have to brand it to myself in like a joking way. So I was like, yeah, I'm dating the fringe. Anyway, this person that I ended up going out with, I knew from the get-go that he was not from Toronto. He was temporarily in the city. I decided to just go on the date anyway with a very, we'll see, one day at a time, left foot, right foot mentality. And then one date turned into six weeks and full on. But it was an energy match. It had nothing to do with the surface level. And even though there was so much stuff in terms of the things on paper that were very unsettling and that were very uncertain... It didn't really matter because I was really trying to put the emphasis on like, how do I feel when we're together, when we're sitting alone, having a cup of coffee in the morning. And then also like when we are getting into more intense conversations about our lives, our past, our futures, what we want, our values, whatever, like, how do I feel in those conversations? Checking in with my gut. And like every single time I was always like, this is chill. I don't know. It was just like a very, very interesting experience given how everything if you just looked at it from afar or looked at it on paper would be like this looks like a hot fucking mess and i don't know maybe it is but i've had a good time like i my ex was literally is literally a lawyer Mm -hmm. who's smart tall really good at sports yeah amazing and i'd rather not date him yeah because the energy is what matters when you're going through shit times when you're having hard conversations you don't have all that other stuff. All you have is your energetic connection yeah. with the person. We're so noisy in our heads and like in our lives with like other people's opinions, like what society is doing, like we live in a society <laughs> and like whatever movies and like there's all these fucking influences that just like crowd your brain with like what you think you should be doing you have to try so hard to quiet the noise to fucking move the checklist out of your mind and just be like how do i feel what is this person what how do they make me feel i don't know how else to describe it no it's true it's it's also so difficult to date with this mindset because how do you divorce checklists from fucking dating apps that's all they are and even when you meet someone the first time like it's really difficult i think to figure out an energy match right away (laughs) just just leave it's time for you to go oh my god it's time for you to go don't get a dog panini peace out dog she's a rescue (laughs) imagine imagine a dog don't chop I'm very playful. I'm very lighthearted. I'm very silly. And it's, but it's like a specific type of sense of humor and silly. It's not one brand that it's like, oh, are you silly? Great. Like it's a very specific kind of sarcastic, kind of too cool for school. I'm not saying this is good. I'm just saying this is who I am. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, it's a very specific brand of like playfulness and lightheartedness and sense of humor that I'm optimizing for. And I feel like- cheeky that's the word you're I cheeky myself cheeky chelsea I, i'm looking for somebody that has like a similar type of cheekiness i try to set that tone basically out of the gate on a dating app and you know really quickly if people are willing to play ball with you like if you say something kind of like i don't know out of pocket and they're like 
how's your weekend? <laughs> like, okay, bye. Sorry. Okay, bye. And again, report. Like, it's, po- <laughs> it's possible that like, I am ruling out tons of people that might be good options for me. No, but like, personally, it's not, it's actually not possible because you would never respond to a ch- weird comment with how was your fucking weekend? I want the perfect balance of like, uh, like a, a bro that's like going places. She wants herself and a man, which is fine. Yeah. What? Why do we always go with like opposites attract? It's yeah. like, no, like find someone yeah. that really vibes with you. It's so funny that you said this because right before I met you, one of my really good friends was like, Allie, what I want for you more than anything is for you to meet a person and not want to leave their side and spend all day in bed with them, talk to them and have conversations and just kind of like wake up and it's been three weeks and you were just with them the whole time. She's like, you've never had that. You don't know what that's like. And she's had it and she has it with her partner. It's an energy match with them. It's like, they don't ever want to be away from each other, but not in a like creepy codependent way in that like, they're so excited to see each other every day. They've been together for like 10 years. They, it doesn't matter what they're doing. They could be caught in a rainstorm with a flat tire. They don't need to like where they live. They don't need to like travel to the coolest places. Mm-hmm. Like there are really non-traditional things about their entire situation, which is great. And like hard things about it. And it doesn't matter because like there's no one else that they'd rather like go through anything with because... Yeah. It's just being with them that matters. It's not what they look like on paper. It's not their attributes. It's not their anything like that. I think that's so lovely. And I think that I've experienced that in small doses because I think that it's um, very confusing that most relationships start out that way. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how you're supposed to decipher honeymoon energy that was from that the vanilla pudding versus mm-hmm. chocolate cake right, right right it's like yeah it's really tough to tell but if you sit down with yourself and think of the things that give you a sugar rush versus like a warm mellow feeling like i never feel good when i eat a bag of candy who the fuck feels good mm-hmm. after eating a bag you're of candy? sick you yeah. feel sick you feel nauseous in the moment the like really quick dopamine hit is like crazy good but quite quickly after you're like crash me and so i think if you move that to relationship it's like fail fast i like it but it also kind of leans toward the sugar crash well and it's like when i compare to like with my most recent relationship, he courted me aggressively at the beginning of our relationship. Like it was, it was full on like flowers and dinners and like cute, cute notes and surprises. It was just like all high highs, very rom-com actually made it really challenging to like see each other for who we were because it was like, how could you not love somebody giving you all this attention and like doing all these nice things for you. It's like, you don't even have the ability to step back and, and see the person evaluate the person for just like who they are. Just chilling. It's why I hate the love languages Mm -hmm. because, and there's also like, I think the founder of, I don't quote me on this. There's some also like weird issues with the founder, but it's very Christian. Yeah. It's super Christian and like misogynistic and probably (laughs) white supremacist, whatever. But physical touch is not a love language. That doesn't make sense. I think it's like that sort of stuff is like so 
just like ancillary for like later in your relationship. But like, I don't think that has anything to do with like a good match. But I'm saying who wouldn't yeah. like someone like creating such a cute date for us? Like, yes, that's yeah. great. But it's about the energy match because like even with our friendship, right? Like me bringing you coffee beans, you making me olive oil cake. If someone who I don't have an energy match with, and I have many friends who I don't, made me an olive oil cake, I'd be like, what the actual fuck? Because it feels... Get me out of here. Well, it almost feels like it's like some weird... Well, it's manufactured and it also feels like there's a weird agenda or something. Yes, I owe you now. Yeah. Oh, you made me this. Yeah. What do you expect from me? The whole thing that prompted this topic for Ali and I to talk about is because obviously her and I just as friends, like we have this conversation all the time about like, what are we actually fucking looking for? The biggest takeaway that we've both had from our past, most recent past relationship is that like we tried the traditional shtick. We tried to do the white picket fence. We were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to make our parents and our friends proud. And we're going to, we're going to get the smart, nice, handsome, tall, successful dude. And we're going to get a fucking dog and we're going to marry them. And we're going to fucking marry them. When I was, you know, really dealing with the initial breakup, the thing that I told myself and that ultimately gave me so much closure and comfort about the whole thing is, is I was like, this was a lesson. I had to literally go out and experience that I could have this traditional life if I wanted it. And I, I couldn't just talk to myself and tell myself like, oh yeah, I could have it if I wanted to. I literally had to go out and live it and try it. And I found the person that if I were to do that would have been perfect for it. I am a big enough of a ding dong that like you can't tell me like even though my mom and like all these people close to me were like sweetie what are you doing like it didn't fucking matter because I was like hell-bent on exploring this and ultimately ruling it out and now I have immense comfort being single and 31 because I'm like I could have had it but I walked away and I feel really really at ease with that what do you want now so so now that I've ruled out that like the traditional thing is not for me it's, it's, and like, listen, take this all with a grain of salt. I still want like a long-term monogamous relationship. I want to be married. I want to have kids. Like I want to live with someone. Like when I say not like not traditional, it's like these minute tweaks to it. It's more so just like, what do I want a partner for? So when I look at traditional relationships and when I look at a lot of my peers and when I think about marriage more historically, I'm like, okay, it's like a financial decision it's like you're combining resources literally like the term partner when you think about it it's just like somebody that is like legally bound to you to just go through for better and for worse with so it's like if you get sick you have someone that's like your default person to go through those things with you want to travel and see the world you've got somebody to do that with they're just your partner they're they're just naturally built into all the things that you're gonna do but I'm like you know what we really are what a time to be alive living in a time where Honestly, I'm so grateful and I really, I actually do acknowledge the privilege of this time that I live in. But like, I feel like as an independent single woman, I can do whatever I want. Like if I want to make more money, I can make more money. If I want to buy a home on my own, I can do that. Maybe crazy as this sounds, I know that I really want kids. I've seriously come to terms with the idea if like I'd really like to naturally have my own kids and if for some reason I can't line up the timing of finding a partner that I want to do that with, I've been toying with the idea of like I think I could do this as a single person if I really wanted to. I just really, really think that I don't actually need a man and a partner to like do any of the things that I want to do. In theory, I could do them all by myself and be completely fulfilled. Is that my first option? 
No, I want to do it with a partner. I find it more enjoyable, but only if it's the right partner. So what do I actually want in a partner? If I don't need their financial support, if I don't need their emotional support, if I don't need their sperm, if I don't need... (laughs) Right, yeah. It's like, like, what do I actually need you for? I just want a best friend. And like, that is like really, really corny. And that is like also really classic advice. Like, I don't think I'm the first person. But I think think it's the way you describe the friendship that matters. Yeah. Like you want someone who sparks joy and like... I I want somebody that compliments you and makes you inspired and I just want somebody that like brings out the best in me and that I bring out the best in them like I want to be counterweights to somebody we just hold each other accountable for being the best versions of ourselves whether that's like pushing them like in their career and their whatever it's like hey like I see that you've I don't know, you've taken your foot off the gas a little bit. That doesn't seem like what you actually want to do. Like, how can I support you in that? In big ways and in small ways. I just want somebody to really hold me accountable for being my best self. And I also would love the honor and the privilege to be able to do that for someone else. If you really think about the relationships in your life that matter the most to you, it's not the people who just yes stamp everything you do and who just... No, they challenge you. They challenge you hold you accountable. respectfully and you and you keep wanting to see them like that that's what it is it's like that simple you want someone who you always want to be around with you don't need someone who makes x amount a year who you know well they'll be able to put our kids in private school like no who gives a fuck at the end of the day well and the other thing too is like those things are so what's the word is tangential the word that i'm looking for no fickle fickle is but what does tangential mean tangential means like outside like not immediately related to well okay or is that maybe that's what you meant i thought you meant the root word is tangent yeah i understand tangential yeah t-i-a-l is so you have to say the tangential tangential like t-i-a-l tangential right tangential i'm fucking glitchy Is that what you meant? Yes. I thought you were going to say no, fickle. No. Okay. Fickle also fickle works. Fickle also works. But, but they're I'm, different. But it's also like, the, yes. And they're like, they're just, they're not the core of what a person is. It's definitely but, tangential. Yes. Yeah. They're, okay. they're just like these qualities that they've crafted in their life. Like, so somebody being financially stable is something that like has happened to them. They've done. And it's like now Mm -hmm. like a little thing that they've like pulled into their orbit, but it's not actually them. And like thousand percent. And like, this is the thing that is to me so dangerous about these like checklist approaches to picking people is because those things can change. Those things can come and go. Those things can fade. And at the They're end. fickle. And, and and it's just like, it's not the meat and the concrete of like what the person is. To me, like if you're looking for long lasting and like sustainability, then that's what you've got to look at because that's the stuff that's going to stand the test of time. Yeah, completely. I'm just, I'm, I'm really envious because I don't think I know what I want a partner for yet. Chelsea's like more evolved than I am on this. I've spent more time single. Okay. And dating. That's fair. It's, it's been a process. I, becoming your friend has really helped me because mm-hmm. I'm like, traditionally, I would be like, I would never like a bro. I would never like someone who like cares about their appearance or who like goes to the gym and thinks that they're cool because they like have new running shoes. And now I'm becoming really good friends with someone <laughs> who is like that. And I'm like, if I can have good example. Okay, sorry, this is a tangent. You can edit this out. I don't care. 
earlier this year, I like hung out with a friend who I hadn't seen in a long time who would never listen to this podcast. Anyway, she and I aligned a lot on interests like granola, woo woo a bit, has a dog, whatever. When I hung out with her, the energy in the room wasn't right for me. I mm -hmm. felt indigestion if we're going back to that analogy. <laughs> GI distress. Wonderful human. Literally nothing against Wanted her. Wanted to shit yourself. Yeah. Gurgling diarrhea. Explosive diarrhea. <laughs> like the pre-ED. This is not a scat play I podcast. I texted you. <laughs> Tauruses love scat play. It's interesting to me that my energy feels calmer with you when we literally show up so fucking differently and I never would have expected it to be calmer with you than someone who has all the same interests as me, who reads quirky books like I do, who has a dog, mm -hmm. who is like, never wears makeup and like doesn't shower. I don't, what the fuck was the point of I what I know. just said? I don't know. I'm sure there was something. No, I think it's just like, okay, tangential attributes that don't actually matter. Yes, yes. Your, the, your fucking hairstyle means nothing to our friendship mm. why the fuck would i think we are not going to be friends because you have nice hair i know but that's what people do with relationships i know they're like oh he isn't balding and therefore he'd be a good Fit partner <laughs> when it's like what the fuck i know but we really what are all fucking walking around like that actual fuck what does that have to do with everyone, energy everyone give your head a shake okay give it a shake <laughs> but also like same thing about like us liking tall guys tall guys it's like it's, it's that's so bad i listen, hate that i understand that we are like biologically coded to like want someone big and strong to like protect us and stuff i don't buy that bro we fucking live in toronto no one's protecting shit like yeah. it's fine also <laughs> tall guys are the least evolved because they're tall so they have never had to do anything they're just neanderthals they're like i'm tall so i can literally just walk through life i, I always would tell my ex like and he knows this and in a loving way and he admits it we we're like if you weren't tall, you'd be a virgin. Like, I'm sorry. It's true. I'm going to admit this. I reject every single person on a dating app who's under 5'10 without even reading their profile. Same. And like, that is so fucked up. Literally don't listen to the first part of this podcast. <laughs> this is just the only part you From now on, just listen. I don't know if, if we're going to be able to say it well, but definitely the, the thought behind this is the most important. Ali and I have d figured out, I think, <laughs> we you know, pose the question to each other quite a bit being like, what is it? What is love? Like, have you been in love? Like, what does it actually mean to love someone? And through those conversations in the simplest way, I think what we've distilled it down to is love is respect and just deep respect and acceptance of another human being. I think how we came to that realization is that when our relationships really took a turn, when you try to pinpoint it from when things were, you know, heading in a positive trajectory to then when there was moving towards the breakup, if you try to pinpoint that looking back, like what changed, what happened? And we both kind of identified that it was that we unfortunately started to lose respect for our partners. We started to show up not very nicely in the relationship and it you know it results in you know things like nagging and things like demeaning comments demeaning comments or being passive aggressive or 
you know, it shows up in all those ways of just like it, fighting about dishes. Shit talking them to your friends while you're dating. Yes. And like, even, you know, if it's like you're kind of being sarcastic and you're joking about it, but like they definitely are shots that you would not be taking if you properly did respect them. I think that that's like by learning in the negative about what that feels like when you start losing respect for somebody. I think that's how we've realized that that's what you really need to look for. And this is tough for maybe some listeners to hear, but I've never been in love because I've never respected a man, like to be frank, and especially a man that I've dated. I just, I've, I just haven't, I've chosen people who I don't respect maybe it's some like ego thing. Like I want to feel better than them and in power and that I'm so, I don't know. I I have to like unpack, unpack that, but it might be that because it makes you feel more secure because you have the upside in the power dynamic. I've broken this down to when I've thought about people into like two different ways of looking at respect. And I think that it's, you need to respect them as your partner and like what they bring to the table in the relationship and relative to you as a partner, but you also need to respect them as an individual out in the world. Like if you were just to fly on the wall and you just saw them moving about their life, you know, they were at a business thing. They were out with their friends. They were at an airport. And if you were just fly on the wall and you saw them operating as themselves, like, would you look at them and just be like, wow, like I respect the way that they are, like the way that they treat people, the way that they act, the way that they, the standards that they hold themselves to, the way that they talk, the way that they walk, the way that they laugh, they're like literally everything. And you made a great term, like you cannot a la carte respect someone. Right. You have to respect them as they are holy. Yes. W-H, holy. (laughs) Like, as a person yeah you can't just be like no 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 but like it's all okay because like he's a lawyer because he's a lawyer and like he's really really kind to service people yes literally he's a good tipper (laughs) and it's like it makes it all okay that like i've have no respect for him in xyz verticals in their life it's like you need to accept them 100% holy that is the real fucking challenge here and you everyone knows this you know the friends who who like have all the respect issues but they're like oh but like I really love that he doesn't drink and I'm like same you can't just siphon off a little bit of respect and grasp onto it so hard and make it everything if you can't respect the other part of him too then it doesn't fucking matter No, I don't know how you're supposed to compartmentalize a person that you're partnering yourself with. It's like, it sort of makes more sense in like friendships or even with like family dynamics and stuff because you're just not bound to them to the same extent. So it's like, if you have a friend that you just like aren't super aligned with, but they're like so fun to go out with. Totally. Like that's like very reasonable to have a friend that like you just see in social settings. And that's great. But like, am I going to like, call them up when I'm having a major issue. Like, no, that's not my friend for that. But a partner is somebody that like in every sense of the word is with you by your side for basically everything in your life. At least that's my version of what a partner is. I was just going to say for us, we, we mean a long-term monogamous monogamous partner. Like some people can probably do that if they're non-monogamous or if they have a, as long as like have a different way of doing a partnership. But what we want 
we need to respect them in full. Yes. And, and it, you need to respect yourself in full too. <laughs> well, I was going to say the other side of this coin too. I don't think I've ever been loved and accepted and respected 100%. I want that type of love in return. I think that that is like the ultimate goal is it like, that's what I would want is for someone to love me and respect me 100%. And I want to also love and respect someone 100%. I know I, it's going to happen for you. You do? Yes, because I think you really respect yourself. I know that's so annoying. Love yourself first. But it's not love yourself. It's respect yourself. Yeah. And I know, I think, when you said that fly on the wall thing, I think if I was a fly on the wall watching you here, Mm -hmm. I would respect you. And I don't think I would respect myself if I was a fly on the wall to me. Yeah. And I think you'd respect yourself is what I'm saying. Thank you. Yeah. Like it's definitely been a process for me and I definitely do feel like I'm doing the best at it currently, but man, is it ever like a fucking journey to get there? And like, I also think that I've fucking put myself through it and there has been absolute times where like I did not respect myself and totally like ultimately it's led me to a good place so far. Um, But damn, it is a fucking journey. Can you imagine though? Like, being in a partnership with someone who you just completely accept them as they are and they completely accept you as you are. Sounds absolutely fucking magical. But accept to me isn't enough. Respect is better mm-hmm. because it's like... Respect is deeper. I can accept a lot of things, but I don't respect and like actively like want to be around a lot of things I accept. When I said that I don't think that I've ever had anyone 100% respect me like all 100% of me I think that it's because I've never let anybody I don't think that I've ever shown up totally authentically and honestly I think that I've always shown a side of myself to people that I think that they would like you know push forward all the pieces that I think that they'll like and then hold back the pieces that I don't think that they will like and I've always played this game of optics with them and you know it all works all good and fine for a little bit as life throws more shit at you. And as time goes on, those pieces are going to come through the cracks and they're going to start to see those glimmers and they kind of cock their head and they go, I didn't know you were like this. That's my own fault. Like I'm doing such a disservice to myself and to my partners by not just like being myself. I am so grateful that like I'm having this realization now and at this age, and I hope that I can bring this realization into all my future relationships but like it is so fucking scary to be vulnerable to be honest and to like also just have the self-awareness that like you have to fucking push yourself to do that after my whole life of just like defaulting to just like taking the temperature on a person and deciding what to pull forward push back and and making all those decisions on the fly that's big it's so fucking scary oh i would say 99 percent of people continue to operate that way in romantic relationships yes, there's been some challenges to like becoming 31 and single and like all the like heartbreak and things that have come along with that. And me feeling like I'm getting left behind. I actually feel like I've been given this incredible gift of like the opportunity to date and pick someone with like all this life experience and wisdom and insights. Now I just think I'm going to do such a better job at finding someone. You're already doing it. I think. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) It's like, it's kind of like we're figuring this out together yeah and it's just like so like Ali's insights are my insights and my insights are her insights and it's like we have this collective pool of data where we're like kind of figuring this out together it's how you know you have a good relationship with someone partner too it's like 
can you genuinely be excited about what they're excited about without feeling bad that you don't have it, which I definitely didn't have Mm -hmm. or like not competing, Mm -hmm. not wanting it to fail. Like I wanted it to not fail. Yeah. I think a lot of people would be like, well, can't wait for that to not work. Yeah. Because they are choosing some other schadenfreude. Shaden, schadenfreude. I yeah, can't pronounce Ali it. Yeah, taught me this term and it's like, I, it's such a good term. I didn't realize there was a word for it. It was popularized in the 1990s here because the Simpsons used it on one of the episodes. <laughs> but it's like a German word for when you feel delight at someone else like failing or like not getting what they want it's a classic germans would make that up the opposite side is starts with an f it's like fruit and fruit or something (laughs) it's like you feel joy when others feel joy yeah even when it's like not related to you at all yeah my heart is filled with so much hope for single people everywhere (laughs) i really you're ready to respect someone I, I, and be I respected. Do. I, I mean, but like in all good timing, like, yeah, yeah. I think that the great point that you're saying is that you're not going to choose someone who you don't respect fully. No. And you're not going to choose someone who doesn't respect you fully. I think that's the thing here that you might not find that person tomorrow or in the next five years, whatever. But I think you know now that you're not going to choose someone else. You're not going to choose someone just to choose someone you're gonna wait until that person shows up i think that like if you're single for the most part you should be dating i think that there is a lot of utility in the process of dating whether or not you're like ready again it's hard to make total blanket statements but i do think that like for the most part it's about the process of dating i think you learn a lot about yourself i think you learn a lot about other people what you do want and what you don't want and also I think it's a useful exercise to not just be so outcome oriented being like, I have to find the one like this has to progress and whatever. Like, I think there is value in going on first dates, first and second dates, but like it's a balance. Like sometimes you're not in the time for that and you do need to take a break and you do need to focus on yourself. Even though Allie feels like she has a lot of work that she wants to do on herself. I do still think that there is value in her potentially dating through some of that because one, I think it's dangerous to again, feel like you've ever going to arrive that you're going to be done and and ready yeah and i think that's like a very difficult demarcation line to identify no yeah two is that i really do think you learn about i think you just learn about what you do and what you don't want and like there's just like twists and turns you just you open yourself to more information and it's just like i can't even explain exactly what the value is but it's just like it's for sure more useful than just sitting on your couch and not meeting people uh, it, it, like 100%. to me like there's only really potential upside as long as obviously you're dating safely and like whatever but there's only information to be mined data to be collected and like i think it's just worth you know like putting on your pair of jeans and like going out for a coffee with someone okay okay this is this we're gonna is, wrap it yeah, up yeah we're it's we're gonna wrap we have it up. nothing else to say thank you for coming along the journey of where we're currently at with our relationships hopefully more exciting updates to come and um, Our next episode will be on dogs. I think that could be the next one. Dogs. Big D-A- dog energy. D-A-W-G. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming. Cheers, babies. Bye.